Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I Want Candy by Bow Wow Wow, who is Anthony's favorite artist of all time. Welcome back in, everybody. Rob Ellis Show on this Saturday. Happy Halloween, everybody. Do we have Rube? Yeah, we got Rube. He's oh, ready. Okay, I didn't see him on, I don't see him on the line up there. Is it, did he, did he, did we lose I him? just popped him up for you. Okay. I, something must be going on with my screen, Ed. You want to bring him up? Why don't you bring him up? He's up. I'm here, Rob. Hi, Rube. How are you, my friend? What's going on? We have Ruben Frag from NBC Sports Philadelphia, and of course, right here at WIP as well. Rube, I, I don't know. It's been like, I guess, like everything else in 2020, it's been a weird week, right? Usually, Cowboy Week is, you know, hype, uh, you know, out the wazoo. But when you're talking about teams with the, with the combined record of these two teams and the way it's looked, it's it's been kind of a weird week. I got, I have to tell you, Ruben, and tell me if you think I'm crazy, right? As the week's gone on, and th- and this spreads up to 11, by the way, and it started at around seven and a half. But I've, I am irrationally confident that the Eagles are going to come out and take care of the Cowboys, and I have zero business feeling that way from an Eagles perspective. It's more of I feel like the Cowboys are looking for a reason to quit. Where do you fall? Just what's your gut telling you about this game as we as we creep closer to tomorrow night? Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. Uh, I think anyone who watched that Washington game last week saw a team that you know is not real interested in fighting back. And I think, you know, these two teams, these two franchises really have been built in different ways where the Eagles don't have the talent that the Cowboys have. But the one thing they've always had is, at least under Doug and under Andy, they, they, they'll always fight hard. They'll always play hard. The effort's always there. Um, they're not that good, but I'll always take the team that's continuing to fight. I mean, whether they're down 17 nothing, I mean, we, we've seen how many times they get down mm-hmm. 17 nothing, 20 nothing, and they don't always win, and certainly not what, you know, an ideal situation, but, you know, they'll, they'll keep fighting. They're, they're, they won't stop, and I'll take that team over the team that quits on their coach any day of the week. So, yeah, yeah I, I think that especially if, if they can find a way to start fast and jump on this team, get up 10 nothing, 13 nothing, um, and, and just take their take their – you know, will away. I think it could be a a blowout. I really do. But this team is so unpredictable. This Eagles team that it's it's hard sitting here two four and one to, you know, really get too confident about them doing anything because they haven't honestly they haven't played a full sixty minutes yet this year. So might be a lot to ask even against Dallas. I might be asking you an impossible question coming off of that that answer you just gave me. But 
you know, if you can win this one, you get the bye, you get some some more bodies back, although they've gotten some good news the last couple of days about guys who'll be playing, which we'll get into in a second. But then you get the Giants, which looks like an you know an eminently winnable game. All of a sudden, you're four, four, and one. It's not pretty, but it's not as hard as it looked, you know, not all that long ago. You got you have any sense, Rube, just trying to forecast where this thing's headed for this team? Well, I do think they'll win the division uh, just by default. I think Washington might be their sounds sounds crazy, but I think it's Washington true. might be their biggest competition in the division. Yeah. And you know, Ron Rivera is a good coach. Uh, I think they made a positive change at quarterback. That's going to help them, give them a little juice. And they've they've got some talented guys. But I mean, they're not a good team either. But they already beat the Eagles. Um, the tiebreakers don't really come into play just because the Eagles have that tie. Uh, but uh, I, I do think they're going to win the division. After that, you know, by the end of the year, I mean that that's the thing about these injuries. Most of these guys are not out for the season. So by by December or January, they're going to be close to full strength. Now, whether this Eagles team close to full strength can compete with somebody in a playoff game at home, I don't know. But I I think there's reason for hope. There's reason for some optimism. You know, you're seeing some of these young guys, whether it's Fogum or, you know, Herbig, some of these young guys contributing Hightower. Um, and it's there, there's for the first time in a while, it's kind of, um, exciting to see young Eagles players because they got some good ones for for a change. Yeah, and and that's been my point, Rube, to a lot of it. Like I understand the the, the school thought from some fans is, look, I want this thing to really crash and burn and drive the message home to the front office that the change needs to be made. Oh, okay, there, there is that school of thought, but for me, it's such a week to week league, and they have been extraordinarily banged up and and you're right like not some you know end of the year but but a lot not you're going to be healthier you you have the the potential to just start to build some momentum like can I say that with certainty no I can't but who knows what this is going to look like three four five weeks from now so to just kind of throw in the towel because you want a better draft pick with a team that by the way hasn't drafted all that well doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me no, I think you'd want worse draft picks because they do better, like in the fifth, sixth, and seventh round, than they do in the first couple rounds. So, <laughs> and, and the, the whole thing about letting it crash and burn makes no sense to me. What are you going to go tell tell players not to play hard, not to not to try to win football games? I, I don't, I don't really get that. You're not going to trade away, you know, you're not going to trade good players away at this point because that, that just doesn't make sense. So, I don't really understand the crash and burn thing. Um, if you know, if Certainly, if you have older veterans who've quit on you, you know, then then yeah, then you do that. You get rid of them. But I don't I don't see that on this team um, for the most part. And you're also limited by the cap. I mean, everybody's always tweeting, you know, just cut Deshaun and Alshon. You just can't do it. Right. You know, you just can't. So um, you can't even cut Jake Elliott. So uh, there's there's really only limited things they can do to, to go in that direction. And I just don't think it makes sense. I I. I I'm always I'm old fashioned in that. I always think it's better to win than to lose. I just whatever the situation, whatever the instance, just try to win the game and 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 just build that culture. And yeah, you know, I think I think you're in a good place. Well, I'm with you, Rip. And and the notion that if you're a fan of this team, are you really going to root for them to lose tomorrow night to the Cowboys? You're going to root for them to lose to the Giants? Like, and you you really want that misery each and every week where you want your team to lose like that, especially considering we're not going to have the NBA or the NHL likely until, you know, either Christmas or the new year. Like what kind of existence would you have as a sports fan? Like I just, none of that rings, you know, 
true to me anyway. Uh, l- let me ask you, they are getting healthier, and Goddard looks like he's going to be able to go. Rager, you know, we could debate the Jason Peters thing and whether that's the right move, but uh, what kind of impact do you think, at least from an offensive perspective, you get with Rager and Goddard now? Well, knowing Doug, he's not going to give him a full workload, uh, either of them or any of these guys, whether it's TJ Edwards, any of them. Um, he likes to bring guys along slowly, which considering the, their history of getting guys injured and re-injured, I, I understand. I get that. Um, but, I mean, it's hu- it's huge getting them back. We've never seen Rager and Fogum at the same time. They've never played together. Right. You know, Fogum didn't start playing until Rager was done, so it was hurt. So um, that's a really exciting thing, to the notion of having – Hightower, Rager, Fulgham, and Greg Ward out there having four young receivers, all 25 or younger, um, who can run and make plays and, and catch the ball. Um, and then you add Goddard in there and, and eventually Miles. I mean, that's like that's like legit weapons. Like Those are the kind of weapons other teams have that we're jealous over. And I, I don't get too carried away because we, you know, we only seen Rager play two games and catch a couple balls. But um, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be a good player. And, and I'm definitely high on, on Fulgham. He's the real deal. And, and Hightower. So, um, offensively, and I don't know what's going on with Zach Ertz. We're not going to see him for a long time. But we saw Richard Rodgers. Um, he's a crafty veteran. He can catch the ball. He's got good hands. He can run a little bit. Um, so, the weapons are there. Uh, if, if this line can, can protect Carson, they have the potential to, to, to do some scoring. I mean, they've been scoring points, really, for the last month or so. I mean, they scored, you know, they're, they're up in the mid-20s. Um, so that's a legit place to be. And as they get guys back, I think you see that number increase if, if Carson can just avoid those turnovers. So I think they're, they have a chance to be pretty good on offense. I'm with you. L- let me ask you, Ruben, and, and speaking of that with the, with the offensive line, um, you know, it makes sense. I know everybody's getting crazy here with this, but it makes sense from, from the standpoint, I'm, and I'm referring to the Jason Peters thing, if you're – unsure exactly what it's going to look like with Lane Johnson. It, it seems like as of right now, he may, you know, make a go of it at left yeah. tackle, but who knows if he gets through the, you know, the game or whatever the case may be. And if that, if he isn't able to, my would move over there, uh, but they did put Peters back at left tackle. Now that he's back healthy. D- do you think that was, if, if all things were equal with Johnson, do you think that's the right move or should Peters be playing guard in my left tackle? I would I would have done that. I would have had Milata at left tackle and Peters at right guard, but I do think the right tackle situation plays into it. And, you know, you don't have Driscoll, um, who's pretty solid. I mean, he's a pretty good pretty good right tackle. So if now if Lane gets hurt, you know, now Milata's got to go from left tackle to right tackle. So, um, or, or you know, now you're bringing in Pryor, now you're moving Pryor out. I mean, it's just more moving pieces, and I think that's that's what they're thinking. But the problem with that is JP could easily – be hobbling off the field next thing sure. we know, yep. you know, but now, now Milata can back up both, you know, both tackle spots. I think that was the thinking. Um, that's not what I would have done. I would rather have, I would, you know, I, I would rather have Milata out there than, than prior. I mean, that's, that's how I look at it, but you can hide prior more at guard than a tackle, but um, I, you know, it's, what is this? I, I, like I get what a great player he's been, but the key, the key, you know, word is has, they have this undying, un, un, you know, unconditional loyalty to this guy that just goes beyond, you know, repair. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, um, I, I can't tell you. I mean, Doug, Doug loves him. Howie loves him. Uh, Jeff Lurie loves him. Um, I don't see it. Uh, I, I just, I, I think he's, almost, he's like tarnishing his legacy. I mean, the contract demands, 
not going out to left tackles. He got more money. Um, just the, the whole thing, just the way he's playing, I don't know. Um, I, I don't I, – I mean, they're in a position where there's really they, – they were desperate. They had to bring him in. I get that. Um, but, you know, I think I, I think hopefully this is the last year he's here and he hasn't tarnished his legacy to the point where, uh, you know, people – remember this as Jason Peters, you know, that would, that would be a shame. And, you know, cause he really was a, a heck of a player for a long time, but it's tough to watch him play honestly right now. I agree with you. And I, and I think the whole thing, the whole holding them up thing was, was really, really weak. Ruben Frank joining us from NBC sports, Philadelphia, and of course, 94 WIP Ruben. So let, let's go to the other side of the ball. Brandon Graham, uh, just an unbelievable start to the season on pace for double digit sacks for the first time in his career. And, you know, really playing like he's 25 years old. Uh, did you see this coming, this kind of production from him? He's actually playing better now than when he was 25, <laughs> if you look at it. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think, you know, he's always been a, a guy that takes great care of himself. And um, he each year he's kind of done something else to learn about nutrition and, and conditioning. Uh, but, no, to, to, to think that he'd be playing the best football of his life at, um, what is he, 32 and in his 11th year, um, I, I, I'm, I'm really, really surprised. And I'm, I'm so happy. I'm so happy for him. One of my favorite guys. I think we all feel that way. Um, and, and just brings so much life to that, that team and that locker room. Um, you can't ask for a better guy, a more inspirational guy, more you know, motivating guy. Um, and, I, and, and I think he's a guy that we all root for so much because of all that, just because of what he went through to get where he is now and to be this player. And it took a while, um, you know, the whole Jim Washburn thing. And, you know, Jim, you know, Washburn tried to break him. He tried to, you know, yeah, you know, he almost did, you know, BG will tell you, but no, I'm, I'm just so happy for him. And you're right. He's playing. And it's not just the sacks. I mean, his pressure against the run, he's been great. Um, he's just playing all around. He's been their best defensive player. And he's our defensive MVP through through seven games, and it, it's great to see. I really, I really hope he gets gets picked to that Pro Bowl team. I don't know if he'll be a Pro Bowl, but mm. who cares, right? Yeah. Uh, but I, I really hope he gets the you know gets like twelve sacks, thirteen sacks, makes the Pro Bowl team, and 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 just has that on his resume. That'd be great. Rube, what's your sense of the interior guys? Uh, you know, I know that some there's been some injuries as well when you're talking about Hargrave and and Malik Jackson, but the threesome of of those two and Fletcher Cox and you know, certainly guys being paid extremely well, the productivity they're getting out of those guys. Yeah, it's a great question. And uh, I, I would say Hargrave has underachieved. I think he's been okay, but not special. Um, I thought Ridgeway is playing really, really well, you know, for like the fourth guy. You know, he's like the Kyle Kendrick of that great Phillies rotation. <laughs> and, you know, but uh, Fletcher's been okay. I think Fletcher's playing fairly well, um, not – maybe not the all pro level we used to. Um, he's, he's playing well. Um, Malik was Malik gets off to good starts and then we, you just kind of don't see him for a while. Yeah. So I'm not sure uh, just if the consistency is there. I think all those guys are playing. Okay. I think Hargrave is, is going to get better. Um, but I don't think any of them and the D line overall has been really good, but I don't, I don't see any of those guys playing, you know, playing elite level interior line right now. I think they're they're all playing well, um, and they play well together. They're going to miss Ridgeway. Um, you know, they have this undrafted rookie, um, Raquan Williams, who I would think would play tomorrow. I think they brought him up for the yeah. practice squad today. 
Um, I think he's going to help, but uh, yeah, they're they're just playing well. They're not they're not playing to the level I anticipated. Okay, all right. So you feeling pretty good about this game, Rube? Uh, tomorrow, that the Eagles will be able to take care of business against this Cowboys team. I do feel good about it, and you know we've seen a little progress from Carson each week. Um, the inconsistency drives you nuts. Um, the fact that he has to wait till the fourth quarter to really get going, um, but against that Dallas defense. Gosh, it's a shame they don't have Miles because Miles might run for 170 against that team. Um, I wish they had another running back. Cause, you know, Boston's a really good receiver, but he, he's not a runner. Yeah, they lacked up there big time. They really – and that's one thing I would think about getting at the trade deadline is just a, you know, I mean, they could use Wendell Smallwood right now for crying out loud. Oh. I mean, just a guy who can run and give you eight to ten carries. And um, they they just don't have that. And, you know, Boston will give you a good effort. Corey Clement, I, you know, I'm not really sure where he is. Um, we haven't seen much from him in in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bring up Holifield or, or 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 one of these guys. You know, I just I, I think Doug kind of forgets to run the ball, and as an organization, they kind of have you know really not done what they could at that position. And I I love Boston Scott's effort and his receiving ability. We certainly saw that um, the other night. But uh, I just wish they had a guy give give twenty carries tomorrow night against Dallas and get you, you know, 96 yards, and they just don't have it. No question. Well, Rube, you brought it up, so we're, we're creeping up here on the trade deadline uh, Tuesday, in fact. Interesting day on Tuesday we have in store for us, uh, for sure, on a lot of levels. But um, what's your sense here? Like, sort of minor buyers or, you know, just kind of stay pat? Uh, sellers, where, where do you sense they are with this? Yeah, I think they're, they're really not in a position to – to do a lot because of uh, you know that their cap situation you can't go I mean the te- teams are only going to get rid of a guy that's got too big a contract or is underachieving and those are generally guys you don't want and you know this team has gone out and gotten Golden Tate and Jannard Avery for fourth round picks the last couple of years and I guess it was a jive the year before and that, that turned out well temporarily and it helped them win a Super Bowl so that was a great move but uh, I just don't want to give up picks for a guy that you know, you might you might have for, you know, for for nine games or for eight games, and if he's got a huge contract, you can't. You know, people talk about Stephon Gilmore; they can't sign him. No, you know, his contract's up next after next year. So, what are you going to do? Bring him in for a year and a half and give up a, you know, a second round pick? Not going to do that. So, I think they're really limited what they can do. Knowing Howie, he's going to try to do something, whether it's bringing a linebacker or a running back. Um. Just that that it maybe just isn't fitting into what another team does. A younger guy who's not going to cost you much, maybe a you know a seven or a conditional pick. Um, but I I don't expect any blockbusters. I just don't think they're in a position to do that. Yeah, I hear you. All right, Rube. Most importantly, we're two side topics tonight. One based off of Halloween, scariest movie of all time. It doesn't have to be a horror flick. It doesn't have to be some slasher. It could be suspense, whatever. One. And number two, based off of Sean Connery passing at the age of 90, he was the epitome of cool. Give me somebody in, in, the, in, in our world that you think the word cool applies to. Let, let, let's start with him. You got a movie for me? <laughs> I'm, I'm giving you these you know, cold here. So if, if you don't have one, I get yeah. it. Well, I, you know, I remember um, when I was growing up seeing Tales from the Crypt mm. as a kid and um, in Hackensack, New Jersey at a theater with my friend, my best friend and his older brother. And I, I, I it's scared, scared. I'm still scared of that movie. And I don't even know if it's that scary, but I remember just being terrified yeah. and walking out of the theater 
and we walked back. We walked back home, and to get home, you had to walk across the Hackensack River. Oh. And the the two bridges that went across were far away, so we decided, or they decided, to walk across a train bridge, a train trestle. Ooh. And I was probably like twelve, and I'm already like, like I, I'm I'm already. I don't want to say that, but I'm You're already shook like, up. You're shook up. I'm a, I'm a wreck. Yes. And I'm like, I'm crying. I'm shaking. I'm shivering. And now we're walking across a train trestle across the river with no guardrails. They don't put guardrails on train trestles. And then my friends start in front of me. They're like, you know, imagine if a train came right oh, now. God. And so I still have like nightmares about that movie and that train bridge. So I, I'll give you a tales from the crypt. That's a good choice. Um, and the, the coolest, I mean, when, when I was in Houston for the, for the final four with Villanova, um, I, I got to spend the afternoon with Alan Iverson because he he had gotten in the Hall of Fame that day, and we sat at a table with a bunch of media and talked to him for like a good hour. And being in his, and like I'd interviewed him briefly, you know, here and there when he was with the Sixers, but you know, being at that table with him and just kind of being part of his circle for that hour um, was just—I mean, he is—he's the coolest person I've ever been around, and. And uh, and it's so natural, you know. He doesn't have to work at it. He doesn't have to mm-hmm. try. Um, he just exudes coolness, and he always will. Rube, you exude coolness, man. Good answers. <laughs> Appreciate well, the you're insight. You're a Bow Wow Wow fan, so you're ahead of me. I, I yeah, well, listen. You have a very eclectic music taste. I thought Bow Wow Wow might be might sneak in there, but uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate it, Rube. Thanks for coming. I always love the observations. I'm all over them. The second a game ends, and I love your observations later in the week. And check out all of Rube's work, NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. And of course, you can hear him right here on WIP as well. Rube, we appreciate it, man. Thanks. And an Eagle Eye podcast tomorrow night as soon as the game is over. So me and Dave Dangara will be doing that. Awesome, man. Thanks, Rube. Always appreciate it. Anytime, Rob. See you. All right. All the best. That's Ruben Frank from NBC Sports Philadelphia. And, of course, again, right here on WIP. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.